All right, welcome back. It's week 14. How are we doing, boys? We're back on the horse here. Last week, we had a great week all around. Uh, we were talking about in the podcast last week, we hadn't cracked double-digit correct predictions since week nine, I think it was. Maybe even earlier, I forget. And here we are, me and Luke, back at 10 and 4 for the week. Peter and Dan at 9 and 5. Um, so we're back on the horse. All right, let's get into it. Um, first, I want to talk about the Patriots-Buffalo game. Uh, this one's going to Dan for sure. Dan, have you ever seen a quarterback throw three passing attempts and win? And uh, would you have changed your pick if you knew if you had known the weather going into the game? I think so. I, you know, I've never seen a quarterback throw three passes and win the game. But the Bills just get every time anyone plays physical football against the Bills, they just get run over, and that's quite literally what happened. The Patriots had like forty-five rushing attempts. I mean. The Bills knew it was coming the whole night and couldn't stop it. I know the weather played a huge factor in it, but I mean, after what happened against the Colts and Jonathan Taylor ran them over, and then here now, just a few weeks later, getting run over by anyone on New England who plays running back or receiver, Belichick's running everybody. So, uh, you know, the Bills just cannot play physical, and they're going to lose the division because of it, and they're not going to be a factor at all in the playoffs because of it. Yeah, I think I think that I think that was all I needed to see out of Buffalo for the rest of the season, um, and I think that was, um, you know, just it's just tough, right? They go from throwing fifty times a game, and you can't do that in that weather. You can't do that in January. I mean, it didn't look good. Let's let Luke here take a victory lap because he was the he was the faithful of the of the Lions. Uh, it was a wild ride. Obviously, I think you know they came out strong, then they completely changed what they were doing, and then. You know, at the last second, obviously a game-winning touchdown by Jared Goff. So, you know, break break down how you were feeling in that game, and then talk about the game a little bit. Well, you know, I, it just goes to show that you you, know, you never you don't talk about a pick, you know, while it's happening because you know the Lions have a great first half defense played outstanding, and the offense cobbled together like like twenty first half points. And that was incredible. And so, you know, of course, I make a comment in the group chat, you know, and then the second half, it all goes nuts. And uh, they lose the lead. And I'm like, oh, this is so typical, you know, but but a heroic last second buzzer beater comeback. Um, you know, second half, like I said, they tried every possible way to lose that game, you know, to choke that lead. But uh, thankfully, they had stored enough first half points for it to uh to not matter and and yeah i mean i i you know it's like this, it's the stone cutter's credo right you know you take 100 chips at the at, at the rock and then the 101st chip is when it breaks open i think the lions season has been similar to that i mean they've been so close in so many games you know last second field goals losing that tie against pittsburgh i mean you know finally <laughs> I had to throw it out there for Brad, but you know, finally they're able to uh, to get one done. I th- thought that was a perfect opportunity. The noon game at you know Ford Field, uh, as 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 Schlags would say, sleepy Ford Field, and uh, yeah, just I I don't think they're going to replicate it. I've, maybe not for the rest of the season, but uh, but they at least have that one win over Minnesota. I, I like your analogy there, Luke, because actually I was listening to a podcast, uh, the Ryan Russell podcast, and he threw out a stat that was. Uh, the Falcons actually have a worse point differential than the Lions, despite having four more wins. So, you know, obviously the Lions are playing some close games and obviously the Falcons have gotten blown out, I think, three times now, you know, week one and then a couple times Dallas and Patriots back in a row. All right, Peter, final question before we get into the picks. And this is will be a perfect transition because the last, last game that we're going to talk about from last week is Baltimore at Pittsburgh. We are all on the Ravens last week. And I mean, it was a a crazy game, but also just like a quintessential AFC North football game. Comes down to the the two point conversion at the end there, and Lamar misses him. I, my question is, you know, obviously Baltimore has now struggled, I think, three or four weeks in a row. Um, you know, last week to Pittsburgh, week before that at, at Cleveland, um, and I and against the the Dolphins of the week before, uh, a couple weeks, but so. You know, it sounded like Dan was ready to write off the Bills. Are you ready to write off the Ravens? I don't know. They've had a tough couple of weeks, but I think the Bills' problems are a little more glaring than the Ravens. Um, you know, as Luke and I and Dan kind of joke about um, when we were talking college in the Big Ten West, like rock fight games, uh, I think that's what applies in the um, AFC North. And I think Baltimore is competitive. You know, they're not getting, you know, manhandled like the Bills did. But, um, 
you know, Lamar's got to eke out some of those wins. And he has in the past, but, you know, obviously he's on a little bit of a cold streak lately. Um, I was nervous uh, going into this game, picking Baltimore over Cleveland. Um, you know, obviously they had a tough game, you know, just like the Baltimore-Pittsburgh game a couple weeks ago. And, uh, you know, I, I think it'll be a tight one. But, you know, I, I, I it's hard for me to pick against the Ravens, you know, even after seeing last week. Because it's not like they've been uncompetitive in games. They just, you know, haven't been able to get it done. But, you know, the talent's there. It's not like they've been getting torched. So that's my thinking. I'm curious, Peter, what did you think about the choice to go for two there at the end? Uh, obviously, it was 20. I think it was 19-18, uh, right? I think it was. Um, or 2019 or something. So they went for the two to win instead of going to overtime. What would you do in that situation? I don't know. I... I'm always partial to just going for it on the road and not going to overtime. And I think that's especially true with the division game at, at Pittsburgh. You know, I, I don't really have a problem with the, that call. All right. Fair enough. I, I think, I think personally, and obviously I'm biased, but you know, the Steelers offense is as pedestrian as it gets. I think I, I take it to overtime. I, I was happy that they were going for it. Cause if you're asking me uh, whether or not I want my defense to decide the game or, you know, essentially put the offense in a position to have to score points uh, in overtime, I would, I would take the, the the one play from the two-yard line every time as a Steeler fan. Which, you know, it's a great segue because first game of the of the week is Pittsburgh headed up to Minnesota for a Thursday night game. I have not picked this game yet. I have, I have no leaning either way. So the way we're going to do this is we're going to have Luke start with his case for the Vikings, and then we'll throw it over to Dan for his case on the Steelers, and then I will decide my pick based on your takes. So, Luke, go ahead. There we go. Well, you know, the Vikings, you know, clearly, you know, it's as low as it gets when you lose to Detroit. Uh, but but I did like a lot of what I saw from them. You know, I, obviously, you know, second half, I don't know what the heck the Lions changed up, but, but you know, it was, it was nice to see Kirk Cousins move the ball really well. And I think in the weeks leading up to that, you know, they've been scoring points, beating the Packers, beating the Chargers, you know, losing to the Ravens in overtime, but still scoring 31, you know, so, so I do think that, you know, as, as solid as that Pittsburgh defense has been all year, um, when it comes to offenses, it's just not even close. And, and, uh, and Minnesota's, I think, you know, starting to hit their stride in terms of offense. You know, I think it might be similar to to a Baltimore situation where they, you know, not sure if they can get it done when it matters all the time. And I think that's why they have such a mediocre record. Um, but but that offense, and I think we've talked about this on the podcast throughout the season, you know, all the weapons that they have, you know, they should be so much better than they are. And I think, you know, at, at home, following a, just a brutal loss to Detroit, I think they get back on track. All right, all right, Dan, because... My here's my my pause, and I'm going to give you the chance to you know try to win me over here because you're picking the Steelers, so I'm partial to you. But my my pause here for this game is the Steelers. If you look at their games, they've had a hard time beating teams who, like Luke said, have have hit their stride offensively, right? If you talk about our Ra- Raiders game, the first uh, you know our first loss or second loss of the season back in week three, I think it was. Obviously, the Chargers game, they put up 41 points. A couple weeks ago, at the Bengals, you know they they kind of dog walked us. So when teams seem to be hitting their stride offensively, the Steelers are obviously not able to match points. So, you know, you know, kind of respond to that. And you, when you're, you're, are you concerned about that when you pick the, the Steelers? Because I am. Yeah, I mean, I mean, certainly a little bit. I think having T.J. Watt back on defense just helps so much, though, because there's such a different team without him. And uh, I think you brought it up a couple weeks ago. So there's something like, like Owen or five without TJ Watt. So um, it just shows the impact that he makes on that defense. Um, I did see a stat today. The Steelers are six, one and one in one score games and the Vikings are like four and seven in one score games. And I think the Steelers do a good job of keeping it close and, and just finding ways to win. Um, whereas maybe a team like Detroit <laughs> finds ways to lose. And, and then despite the best efforts they were able to do last week. But, um, you know, I think last week, maybe wasn't the best on the field um, for Pittsburgh, you know, certainly got dominated in the time of possession, um, but we're great in the red zone. And I think it was just a, uh, an emotional type win, you know, all week we kind of heard like it's Ben's last season, you know, he's done, like everyone's writing Ben off and not that Ben had a great game, 
Um, but, you know, I think it was just an emotional win to say, like, not so fast, you know, Steelers are still hanging around here. So, um, yeah, I think it's it's going to be tough for Minnesota to, to kind of bounce back from, from a loss to, to Detroit. I mean, maybe that's kind of what you want, though, as a game <laughs> right away to kind of uh, try to right the ship. But um, I don't know. I think uh, the emotion um, of that win last week uh, for Pittsburgh is just going to carry over. All right, so I'll say my pick, and I'll, I'll, I'll preface it with, it seems to me my feeling on the Steelers season is whenever I feel like they're going to lose, they end up winning or tying in the case of the Lions game. And whenever I feel like they're going to win, they get they get absolutely blown out. So for that reason, I'm going to pick them because I, I don't really think they have a chance against this team. I think, Dan, you're right about TJ Watt. Like, I mean, you, you're quoting me, so obviously I think you're right. He's he's a bit of game changer. Obviously, last week he had a great game. I think he had three sacks. He had a career high in pressures, I think, uh, or season high in pressures, along with Alex Highsmith um, against you know a Ravens O line that obviously is not elite. And you know I, I don't think I'd put the Vikings O line in the elite category. Not that I can really I, I can't really speak much to them either way. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to take Pittsburgh uh, on the road. In, in minnesota so uh you know good job dan i guess i guess you win that round whatever whatever that means uh so let's let's move on to it you know we're on the topic of the, the ravens here our first our first sunday game of the week is baltimore at cleveland rematch of two weeks ago one of the worst games of the season in my opinion um we're split peter you're getting this one because you're you're riding with the ravens despite you know them slumping recently obviously you were high on them when we talked about them before you know earlier in the pod so at least being consistent go ahead yeah I mean I've kind of already said my bit but um you know Cleveland as much as we've kind of talked about Baltimore struggles it's not like uh, Cleveland's been lighting the world on fire so uh, you know I know they're coming off a bye I don't know how much that helps them because uh you know I mean maybe it will but unless you're coming up with some like elaborate scheme or something that's gonna you know hit the only weakness in uh you know the Ravens defense or whatever you know I, I think it's just hard to pick Cleveland although obviously you guys disagree yeah I I, I think I'll, I'll jump in here um on behalf of the on the Browns one I think it's really valuable to come off of a bye week especially when the last team you played was the team that you're playing right so obviously Luke pointed out you know early in the season that this is the first time in my memory and I think all of our memories that the team has played the same team two games in a row uh the Browns playing the Ravens before their bye week and after their bye week but in the last few weeks, we've seen a very clear pattern on how to beat the Ravens, and it's and it's blitz Lamar Jackson. I think uh, the first half of the Steelers game, they had they blitzed on forty seven percent of dropbacks. Um, I think that's like a that's a high for the Steelers on the season. Obviously, in the Dolphins game, they blitzed like four people like twenty five percent of the time, and we've seen it be effective. We've we've seen it hold the Ravens, uh, you know, below twenty points a few times now. And it just seems like until the Ravens can prove that they can beat that strategy, I, I don't see why the Browns aren't coming out here and blitzing. They've got an elite offense, uh, defensive front seven, obviously with Miles Garrett, probably defensive player of the year. Uh, I think I, I don't I don't I don't disagree that the Cleveland Browns offense. I'm not gonna peg them as penetrating the Ravens defense either. Like I think I think it's gonna be a low scoring game. Um, just like last week's uh, Steelers Ravens game was, Luke gave me a look, so I, I'm stuttering now because I think it's funny and I'm, I'm trying to keep going. Um, but yeah, I think I think coming off the bye is, is valuable, and I think the Ravens have a very clear clear flaw uh, on on their offensive front. So until like until they prove otherwise, uh, I'm not I'm not really um, inspired. Let's go on to the next game. We'll go to Dan for this one. Jacksonville at Tennessee. This one's pretty straightforward. I felt like this line was a little thin. In previous weeks, I think we'd see this line at 12, 11. Uh, this week, it's eight and a half. So, you know, what what do you think that's about? Yeah, um, it's a little bit thin. Uh, the Titans, you know, uh, coming off the bye. First of all, if you can't be the Jaguars at home coming off the bye, then that's a little, that's a little rough. But uh, a couple weeks before the bye, you know, got crushed by New England, um, who's obviously a very good team. Even before that, lost to Houston. So maybe, you know, Titans not super hot going into the bye. And maybe, you know, Vegas doesn't really love them. But, I mean, eight and a half, I, I think it's still um, a, a favorable line, certainly, for the Titans. And I just think coming off a bye, you know, they're able to beat Jacksonville. 
Um, you know, I think Tannehill has a good game, and I, I think their defense is still a little bit slept on. So, um, yeah, I think uh, Jacksonville, you know, just really did not play well last week. Um, they had a couple of turnovers early in that game, and it just kind of set the tone. Um, and, and, and their offense just didn't, didn't do anything the rest of the game. So I think Tennessee coming off the bye gets it done here at home. I mean, it's just hard to, for me to imagine that this line is this thin when uh, Trevor Lawrence has thrown one touchdown pass since Halloween. I mean, he's been, you know, it's I don't know if it's him or the offense or the coaching or whatever, but, you know, nothing about that Jacksonville Jaguars team screams that they can cover this spread to me. All right, uh, let's go on. Next one here. We're going to run through these ones that were uh, agreed upon. Luke, Vegas at Kansas City. Kansas City favorite here nine and a half. That that one to me feels a little a little wide of a, of a of a of a line here. And you know Kansas City, we've kind of decided as a group, I think that we're, that they're back. Um, so so talk about this game a little bit. Yeah, well, I think you know Vegas is kind of recognizing that I think the Chiefs are back, and you know with five wins in a row, and I think most of them have been you know pretty convincing wins. You know certainly last week uh, dominating the Broncos and in the fashion that they did. Um, but what I've also been impressed with the Chiefs recently is that their their willingness to run the ball a lot more than we've seen um, in, in early games. You know, they threw the ball 29 times, but they ran the ball 24 times last week. And so um, I know a lot of times, you know, you're playing with the lead and, and, that's, and that's absolutely a factor. But, you know, I think they're just starting to figure it out and become a little bit more balanced offensively. Um, and, and, you know, maybe nine and a half is, is, is a little bit wide for a Raiders team that we know can score points. Um, but, you know, when you look at the, the, the really subpar outing, you know, at home to Washington this past weekend, and, um, you know, it, there's just not a lot of uh, inspiration for, for me to, to, to think that, you know, they're going to, you know, have a shot at, at, at going to KC and, and, and taking the win there. So, you know, like you said, Brad, pretty straightforward, I think, with the pick. Uh, the nine and a half will be interesting, though. Yeah, I, I agree. Maybe this one we seem like, this next one we seem like it's a little bit more juicy here. Um, and I, I'm wondering, Peter, if you're taking the Jets here for your super dog pick because there's not a lot of other options. Um, or you are you a real believer in the Jets here against the Saints? You know, that played a part for sure, but I probably would have taken them anyway. Um, you know, I just wasn't a huge believer in Taysom. He looked fine, not really great um, against Dallas last week. And, you know, the Jets were competitive in the first half against the Eagles. Obviously, the wheels kind of fell off there. Um, but, you know, they, they you know beat Houston pretty well the week before. Um, so not a terrible team. Um, and then, you know, they played it close with an improving Miami um, the week before that. So I, I've, I, I think the Jets have slowly improved over time. Obviously, Zach Wilson looked like the worst quarterback in the league the first couple of weeks, then started playing a little bit better, then got hurt. Um, you know, he's back. He hasn't looked amazing, but he's, you know, looked closer to the, um, you know, weeks four through six t- version of him than the, you know, first few. So, uh, I, you know, I think the Jets are trending up a little bit. Um, and I think uh, New Orleans is vulnerable enough for me to take them. Yeah, I mean, I actually hadn't thought of uh, the fact that Taysom Hill is still their quarterback. That that might change my mind here a little bit. I'll, I'll, I'll give it to Dan here. Does that change your mind at all? Like Taysom Hill? I forgot that he's their quarterback. He looked abysmal last week. Yeah, he, he, was, he was a little bit rough last week. Um, I, I believe they should get Alvin Kamara back for this one, um, which are, which will be a just huge boost for that offense. Um, and then having been a long week playing on Thursday, um, I, I just think makes a difference, you know, especially going on the road against the Jets. Um, you know, just having that extra time to prepare. Uh, I think Taysom, you know, if they can limit him running the ball and, and, and try to use it strategically, you know, I think he ran too often against Dallas. Uh, Taysom had, you know, like 101 yards rushing and he had like like 11 or 12 kind of designed runs. I think that's a little bit too many. I think you use him more situationally. Um, maybe, maybe shuttle in Trevor a little bit and try to throw the ball. But um, I think getting Kamara back is a big boost for that offense. And I think the defense is too talented, you know, to lose six games in a row, especially uh, against a team like the Jets. So, um, yeah, I just think uh, that they're going to confuse Zach Wilson a little bit and maybe get after the quarterback and, um, be able to run the ball, which is something they haven't done in weeks past outside of outside of Taysom Hill. So, um, yeah, I think getting getting a stud back like Kamara is, is such a big boost. 
I think I'm gonna change my pick. I think I'm gonna take the Jets here. I, I, I watched. Yo. I watched enough Taysom Hill last week. I am not interested in having to like root for him again, in order for my pick to win. So just in terms of that, it's gonna be a, it's gonna be a no for me. Um, I probably should know who's the starting quarterback of teams that I'm picking. That seems like probably the bare minimum for pretending to do a podcast. So uh, that's my bad, I guess. <laughs> but all right, let's go on to the next one, uh, Luke. Here we are, Dallas at Washington. Two teams, obviously, that had uh, that came up. <clears throat> two teams that are coming off of a win last week. Um, you know, maybe you could say the football team's win was a little bit of an upset, and obviously, Dallas kind of coming back to form, kind of what we expect of them. So we're all we're all in Cowboys here. But is is there any doubt in your mind in this game? There actually is. Um, I, I was really considering this as, as almost my super dog here, um, Washington plus four. Uh, first of all, I'll just say, you know, from a you know nerdy stat point of view, this has to be the first time in NFL history a team has won back-to-back 17 to 15 games. Um, it's really strange, wow. but, but, uh, but, you know, only we could appreciate that. But, uh, you know, in the last five games, Washington has allowed 21 points or less, and, you know, and they've still had to play you know, Las Vegas, they played Tampa Bay, um, you know, they only gave up 24 to Green Bay. So, you know, this defense is, is 100% been legit and, uh, you know, even against really solid offenses. But, you know, I think Dallas is just too much, um, you know, in a groove right now. I think, you know, their offense is, has been clicking and I, and I think, you know, looking down the stretch, you know, four of their last five games are against division rivals. And, uh, you know, for them to, to lock up that, that division and to, and to try to, you know, climb the NFC rankings, um, you know, I think that this game is a must win for them. So I think they get this done on the road. But uh, but I was, again, really impressed by Washington last week. Yeah, I obviously I picked them. It was more of a function of, you know, the Raiders being a little shaky in my mind. Um, but yeah, I mean, Washington has been looking good recently. Obviously, they're still in, in the hunt for a playoff spot. So maybe a little heat underneath them. Um, but this is a big game. I mean, uh, I guess that division's not all locked up yet, you know, in terms of the Eagles and the Cowboys, you know, but, you know, not to mention the, the football team. So this will be an interesting one. Let's go to the next one. NFC South here. Uh, let's see. We'll go to Peter. Peter, you're, you picked the, the, the Falcons here. You've been kind of a fan of the Panthers all year. And like I just said, the, the Falcons have a worse point differential than, than the, the Lions. Uh, I'm also picking the Falcons, but I want to know why you're you're picking the Falcons as well. Well, so obviously we've had a lot, a lot of chatter about bye weeks. Um, I, I think the bye week hurts Carolina in this situation because they fired their offensive coordinator, Joe Brady. Um, Brady is, I'm sure, sure you guys know, um, was kind of the architect of the Joe Burrow LSU offense. Um, and, you know, I think he was kind of the uh, scapegoat for whoever decided to do, you know, start Sam Darnold, the quarterback, and, you know, make him the, you know, big acquisition in the offseason, even compared to, like, someone like Mitchell Trubisky. Like, I think that would have been better. Um, so, you know. Gardner Minshew. Sorry. Gardner, Gardner Minshew. There you go. There you go. So, um, you know, I, I just think, I just think, you know, there's not any continuity on the offense. Obviously, they'll be calling basically the same playbook, but, you know, different play caller. Um, you know, someone on your coaching staff just got fired. That's not good for morale. I just, I'm really dislike the move. And I think that just like changed my feelings towards the game. Not much Dan. actual football commentary there, but that's how I feel. We'll go to Dan for that. Obviously he's got a trove of knowledge, but I, I don't want to call him out. Cause he's, he's laughing there a little bit when I and I said Gardner Minshew, but would you rather have Gardner Minshew for a fifth or a sixth or whatever the Eagles got him for? Or would you rather have Sam Donald for a second? Absolutely, I mean, I would take Gardner Minshew if the trade value is equal, but go ahead. Talk about yeah. this game a little bit, too. I, I agree. I think Gardner would have been, um, you know, a better, a better start there. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I kind of agree with Peter. I don't love the firing of Joe Brady. Um, I don't know if he deserves to be blamed for all the Panthers' woes offensively, and I'm still not a believer in Cam Newton either. Um, you know, I just don't think he can run an offense 
you know, every down. I think maybe he's more of a situational type guy, maybe like a Taysom Hill type player. Um, not, a, not a great full game starter, but, you know, you can use him in the red zone and stuff like that. Um, but, you know, Arthur Smith said this week he could be a problem. So, you know, maybe maybe the, the Falcons are overthinking it here a little bit and maybe psych themselves out. Who knows? Um, but Carolina won 19-13 uh, the last time these two teams played. And I think the, the toughness of that Matt Rule defense is still here. Um, we maybe haven't seen it a whole lot since the start of the year, but I still think Carolina's a tough team and something you certainly can't overlook. And, you know, I, I, Atlanta's just so inconsistent that I think maybe coming off a bye, this is one the Panthers kind of rally around, you know, losing Joe Brady and seeming, seeming like they got a little bit of turmoil there. I, mean, I think the Panthers kind of rally around that and, and win this one. I don't think it means that they have a great rest of the season, but um, I, I think they just kind of come together and, and put it together and win this one. I think the biggest indictment of, of Cam Newton is just looking at the Patriots. Obviously, they added on, you know, a ton of, you know, free agents in the offseason. But you see Mac Jones throw three times in a game and win a game. And you think about, you know, how did the Patriots not weren't how they were at a playoff team uh, with Cam Newton last year? You know, I think they went seven and nine. Um, so obviously, Cam Newton is a, is a big difference than just no quarterback, right? You, you throw the ball three times, and Cam Newton is somehow worse than that. So whatever. Well, uh, Luke, I'd want you to get on this game, but I really want you to get on the next game. So we're going we're gonna to jump to the next game because here, here are your boys, you know, the 12th man. Let's talk about the 11 on the field, the Seahawks coming off of a big division win. Obviously, they own the 49ers. I, I, I mean, the 49ers are, I think they're the true random number generator of the, of the NFL this season. Impossible to predict. But here, here's here's a you know an easy game for you to kind of brag on the Seahawks uh, against Houston. Yeah, my boys are are back. I'm I'm really excited. Uh, you know, I feel as I said, I I feel so vindicated. You know, with the Detroit and Seattle picks um, this year. Just you know, hopefully maybe Cleveland will win this week, and that'll that'll kind of you know fulfill fully fulfill uh, you know my, the the void in my heart. But. Uh, yeah, you know, a uh, nice second half performance, particularly on defense. Uh, definitely got, you know, a little shaky towards the end of the game, but, you know, Ross and Co. did enough uh, to, to get things done. And, you know, this week, you know, they're at Houston. I I'm, I, I like them to, to cover that spread, um, the seven and a half. I think that Vegas is a little bit weary um, or wary, I should say, of, of Seattle because they are now only four and eight. Um, but, you know, I think this is a perfect opportunity for them to kind of explode. Uh, Houston's defense, you know, pretty abysmal. And so, um, you know, I like them to get that done. And, uh, you know, because, you know, the rest of the way for them, they've still got to play. They have the Bears and the Lions, Seattle does, you know, two big opportunities. But they also have the Rams and the Cardinals. So I think they know what's at stake. You know, I, you know this, this, this season for them has to be, you know, pretty much a wash and I think you've got to cut your losses here and just try to develop you know game plans and, and, and talent for for next year um, especially with eight losses I just don't know that that's going to get in but um, yeah I think this is a perfect opportunity for uh, you know a win in, in Houston yeah I mean it's it's kind of tough though for the Seahawks we can get into them on the, the big picture scale there just because you you mentioned it they don't have their pick for this year obviously it belongs to the Jets uh, from the uh, you know the linebacker boy uh, trade uh, Jamal Adams, um, so I mean it's a tough. And then obviously on top of that, right, they have the whole Russell Wilson thing, where you know he's looking for a way out. Maybe he's the next Carolina. Maybe he's the next New York Jet, you know, quarterback. Maybe he's the next Pittsburgh Steeler quarterback. Um, and so maybe he's the next you know Chicago Bear quarterback. Who knows? Now, that, that probably won't happen. But um, you know. I think it's. I think if you're the head coach, if you're the general manager, you're putting a lot of pressure on them to win out. And I, I don't. I think you know nine and eight. I mean that that's definitely a playoff spot in the NFC. I think you know eight and nine is it might be the seventh seed. If you look at the teams that are in contention for that right now, um, it's not crazy that eight and nine would get you in uh, in the NFC. But kind of a tough outlook as a Seahawks fan. Um, if because like as a Steeler fan, you could be like, at least we got our our pick, our first round pick. Or as a Bears fan, you know, you've got your first round pick, but looks grim for Seahawks fans, I, I think. Um, all right, let's go on. This one's going to Peter. I, I kind of time, I kind of am navigating this perfectly. I got Luke, his Seahawks, and I'm getting Peter, his his Broncos here. Um, so 
jump in. Broncos favored by eight and a half against the surging Lions here. Um, you know, obviously they've got a hundred percent win rate in their last one game. So, are you scared of these of, of these up and coming Lions when you pick the Broncos here? I'm scared of the Lions in terms of the spread, but not the outcome of the game. If that's a fair answer, um, you know, I, I think I think uh, Denver will be able to shut down. Um, you know, Jared Goff and the Detroit offense pretty well. You know, Minnesota, whose defense has been kind of dreadful, has been the only team, you know, Detroit's really gotten it going against offensively. Um, you know, even the Bears, um, you know, who have had injuries on defense, you know, they're playing with basically our second string um, in the Detroit game. And, uh, you know, they put up, what, 16 points. Um, so, you know, I, I just don't trust the Detroit offense to put up much more than, you know, 13, 14 points here. Um, and I think Denver can find a way to get it done. This is going to be a disgusting game, though. I think I don't even know the over/under. I'm taking the under on this game. Okay, this game is going to be is going to be like the the Vikings Browns game of earlier in the season. Brad, um, what do you think it is? Uh, I, my guess would be forty three. Um, forty two. Forty two. Yeah. I, I. I mean, you have to take the under. It, yes. It has to. It has to be the under, right? Like, if these teams both break twenty points, that'd be kind of crazy. Um, yeah, I think. I think we might have to take the under here. Yeah, I think it's the under. Maybe a little. Maybe a little Denver money line parlay uh, on the under. Um, you know, I'll have to look at. The, I'll have to look at that. My my uh, FanDuel account was pretty thin right now, so uh, lost lost some money on that Steelers game. I had I emotionally and financially hedged. Um, I picked the, the Ravens and I bet against the Steelers and then obviously they win and I don't really care about losing the pick or the money. So it's, it's all good. Um, but anyway, uh, yeah. Okay. I mean, we're all on the Broncos here. So let's go on to the next game. We're all on the chargers here. Minus 10. Uh, Dan, that, that line seems about right to me. Uh, I don't know if you agree with that or not, but the, the giants, you know, just very unimpressive here. Yeah, I, I think the only thing that might give you a little bit of pause with the Chargers is I know Mike Williams is out and, and Keenan Allen has COVID, so you know, not sure what's going to happen with him. Um, so uh, to be without your top two receivers would be tough, but I mean, the Giants have just played so uninspiring, you know, putting up nine points last week against Philly and the week before winning, uh, third, or putting up nine points against Miami last week and then uh, winning uh, 13 to seven against Philly two weeks ago. So, I mean, just so uninspiring. You know, just don't feel like they're going to get anything done. I, I know uh, Daniel Jones has been out. I'm, I'm not sure what his status is for this game, um, but I, I really don't think it matters. Uh, he's, he's doubtful. And Mike Lennon is even questionable. So who knows who's going to be playing quarterback for the Giants in this one. Um, so, I, you know, 10 points, uh, it kind of depends on who, who has COVID and who doesn't come um, to the Chargers in this one, if they cover or not. But um, I certainly think that they win at home. Uh, against the, the Giants, who are going to be quarterbacked by by who knows. So. Well, I wonder if that injury report is just saying that Mike Qu- Mike Glennon is like questionable, as in he's questionable whether or not he like can play quarterback or not, uh, in, in, instead of like questionable on his injury status. Uh, so I, I think both of them are probably questionable. So um, um, yeah, tough tough looks, tough looks for the the Giants, and uh, you know. As Luke said, maybe this is time for them to start moving into some development, just like the the Seahawks, you know, keep your head up, look look to the future. Uh, All right, let's keep running through these because we've got a few more that we're all in agreement on. Um, This one, I'm surprised we're all in agreement on, but I guess, uh, Peter, we're all, or Luke, I'm sorry, we're all feeling kind of down here on the the 49ers after their their loss to the Seahawks. And, you know, I mean, Cincinnati, (laughs) again, is another one of these teams that feels like it's impossible to predict. Um, last week, obviously, we all picked them to beat the Chargers. We were all wrong, and here we all picking them all again. And uh, you know, I, I think we could all be wrong here again. I, this game seems pretty close to me. What about what, what do you what do you think? Yeah, I, I think you know Dan and I were actually talking before the before we re- started recording um, how we were surprised that San Francisco is favored by a point and a half. But I think that's factored in the, you know the fact that uh, Burrow is kind of questionable for this weekend. Um, I will say if he doesn't play, I might flip my pick. 
um, to San Francisco because I do think, you know, he matters so much to the Cincinnati offense that, you know, I think it will absolutely affect the outcome of the game. But um, yeah, you know, the Bengals definitely disappointing, or I should say, you know, the Chargers were impressive, you know, putting up 41 points, but, um, you know, the Bengals put up 41 and 32 in the, in the previous two weeks. So, you know, they haven't necessarily had an offensive problem. And, um, you know, the Niners, like we said, are just really hard to, to pick. And I know they've got Kittle back and he went off for them, you know, last weekend. But, uh, you know, this is this absolutely, I, I think, is the most, you know, razor thin uh, game this week if everybody's healthy. Um, so that's what I'm going to conclude with. If Burrow's in, I like Cincinnati. If not, you know, I like the 49ers. Yeah, I think that's I think that's a reasonable take. Um, I I was surprised it was a one and a half. I actually kind of felt like this game would be a pick'em almost. Um, you know, even odds and but yeah, whatever. I think both these teams have had very similar seasons. You know, up and down. Um, obviously, I think the 49ers have been injured a little bit more. Um, but let, let's go on to the next one because this is kind of another one where two teams kind of having similar seasons. You know. Obviously, they came into the season with high expectations for both these teams, Peter. Buffalo at Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay is favored by three and a half. This is actually my super, uh, my my spread pick. I think uh, I like I like um, the the Buccaneers here by four. Obviously, you know the Bills have looked, you know, I don't know what the word, just kind of sad, you know, uh, the last few weeks. So, uh, you know, talk about the Bucks here over the over the Bills. Well, before I start off, um, I will say the Bucks are pro- or the Bills are probably pretty happy to be heading to uh, South Florida, where it uh, you know suits their play a little bit better. And you know, also Tampa's likely not gonna you know run it down their throat quite as much as New England did. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's hard to pick the Bills right now um, after that game. You know, especially it was just made worse. Um, you know, with the press conferences after, like the the coaches just seemed like you know dumbfounded. So. Um, you know, yeah, we got to go Tampa here. They looked great against um, the Falcons last week, who haven't been playing as terrible as usual the last couple of weeks, generally speaking. Um, so, yeah, I, I, th- I think Tampa wins here. I've got Tampa as my super cover, I think, as well, um, at, like, minus nine or nine and a half. So, yeah. Go yeah, I mean, the, the, the Bills have just looked uh, like they're like a doormat the last couple of weeks. Um, and I think that's, that's pretty – succinct there on your analysis uh let's go to dan dan you know the bears like we said i think we've i don't know if we said this podcast or the last or every podcast since the beginning of the season but i mean it's been a rough season for them um you know probably epitome of that season is their game against the steelers where they get you know kind of bent over by the refs um and hip checked by the refs uh literally so um you know talk about this game green bay minus 12 and a half uh, I was thinking of just putting this as my super cover, just kind of rub it in um, that the Bears are definitely going to get blown out. Um, but, you know, talk about this game a little bit. Yeah, I, I want to argue that the Bears are going to at least cover in here, but, you know, I, I just don't know how much confidence I have in it. Um, I think getting Justin Fields back this week certainly helps from a confidence standpoint. Um, I, I actually think he's he's been more effective as a passer than Dalton in the sense that, you know, he kind of gets into a rhythm and he gets into a flow with Mooney and with Komet and gets the ball to these guys. And, and Dalton just never really gets into a rhythm doing that. Um, you know, I think last week in kind of the rain, the wind um, in Chicago, certainly nothing like it was in Buffalo, but that's a game I think where Fields running the ball um, just would have been such a huge aspect uh, as opposed to Dalton having to force a couple throws and it you know, leads to more than a couple interceptions. So um, I think getting Fields back is a boost, but, you know, the Packers coming off a bye um, in the game before the bye, you know, a huge win uh, in, at home against the Rams, you know, so uh, I, I think the Packers have just been playing really good lately, um, even though the Rams went in there and um, scored a few points, put up, put up 28, but um, I think the Packers defense has still been playing a lot better lately, and I just have a tough time um, thinking that the Bears certainly will win, but even less cover, so... Um, yeah, I think Green Bay comes in here and gets the win. And unfortunately for the Bears, I I, I think that they cover if I had to put money on it. Fair enough. Uh, does any does any other Bears fan want to jump in on this game? You know, how are you guys feeling about the Bears in general? Luke, you want to go for this? 
I'll only talk about the, the last piece because I think Dan, you know, hit most of the points well. You know, that 12 and a half is going to be really interesting because I could easily see this being 10. I could see this being 14. I could see this being 24. You know, there's the, there's, there's the aspect, and I think we've talked about this before, is that, you know, the Bears don't really get blown out a whole heck of a lot. I mean, this year, you know, Cleveland and, and Tampa, and I guess last week, you know, in the fourth quarter, it, you know, it got a little bit out of hand. But, but even when they're not playing well, you know they usually don't lose by more than two touchdowns so it's going to be really interesting to see if they can make it respectable even into the third and fourth quarters if they can keep it a one score game or you know if they're you know we know they'll be chasing and you know so that 12 and a half is is really intriguing and I don't even want to touch that spread yeah I mean I think I think I agree I mean I was joking about the super cover but in the end I did not choose it I think it's I think it's pretty I think the bears are just like a stay away team in general you know they're always good for just like playing weirdly good defense, you know, on a, on a random occasion. And Peter here, I see you're muted, but I need you to jump in here first because you have the Rams against the Cardinals. I'm curious to, as your about your logic because we saw them play earlier in the season in LA when I would say LA was at their peak of the season. Um, and here we have the Rams sliding, right? The Rams all the stats I've heard this week about, you know, Sean McVay in the first eight games of the season, and then Sean McVay in the last, you know, eight or now nine games of the season. Uh, and I think his, I think the stat was his EPA, his effective yards per play um, in the first eight games is like second through his career. And the eight last eight games, it's like 19. Um, so you're picking the Rams here, but they're on a slide and the Cardinals are, I've looked strong as ever. So I'm curious about your logic for this one. Yeah, you know, I'm sticking with my Rams are the best team in the league. You know, maybe I'm holding on a little bit too long. Um, but, you know, if top to bottom, I like the roster the best. Stafford's looked a little bit more like Lyon Stafford than early Rams Stafford um, lately, which is a little bit concerning. We talked about, you know, possible nagging injuries. But, um, you know, I don't know. I'm just I'm sticking with the Rams, man. Um I'm going to hold on to them, you know, I mean, maybe if they get blown up by Arizona or they, you know, lose to a worse team, I'll change my mind, but I'm sticking with the Rams for now. Okay, so that was interesting. Before I have, you know, Dan or Luke jump in on behalf of the Cardinals here, maybe we can, we don't have much college football to talk about here. We'll we'll talk about it a little bit because I actually do want to, but Dan, um, what do you think about the Rams, you know, Peter calling the Rams the best team in the NFL still? I think you can certainly argue they're the most talented team in the NFL, but I, I, I don't think they're playing the best right now. Um, I think they do have a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. It's just kind of putting it all together. Um, they haven't kind of been able to, to really activate Von Miller yet, and same with Odell on offense, but um, I, I think that they're a super talented team. Um, I think that they're not going to win this division. I think Arizona's going to come out of the West, but I, they're certainly going to be super tough for whoever draws them as a wildcard team. Um, as far as this game, I, I think just getting Kyler Murray back is such a big boost um, for Arizona. And, and that's a team that wasn't even that bad without him. Um, and Hopkins hasn't even been playing well lately. So um, obviously J.J. Watt, you know, out for the season. So it, it, their superstars aren't, aren't showing up and they're, they're still winning. They're still playing well. They're still hanging in there. So um, I, I think it's tough to bet against the Cardinals at this point. But the Rams are, are certainly... Um, no pushover. Um, definitely, I think the most talented team in the league. And if they can play like it, then they're definitely going to be dangerous um, as a wild card team in the playoffs. I guess I have a hard time separating out best team versus most talented team. I do see what you're saying, and I, I don't think you're necessarily wrong. But when I look at a team like Arizona, who who went two and one or three and one without Calamari, as Quinn Williams calls him. Um, it, it's just hard for me to, to to even entertain the conversation. The Rams are are in are in the same bracket as them. Um, when we obviously saw the Cardinals dominate them, we've seen the Cardinals continue to win without their best player. And the thing about the Cardinals that's really endearing to me is that they're one of the few teams in the NFC that's playing defense. And you know their offense, that star-studded offense, is, is a luxury for them. You know, it's they don't need Kyle, Kyler Murray to win these games and. You know, they're getting him back. So it, it seems obvious. It seems it seems to me right now that you have to say that they're the, the best. Um, you know, to, it's it's a little weird to say that they're not the most talented, given how they're playing. Right. You know, talent. 
generally leads to playing, right? It's like people who are saying like OBJ is still a top 10 receiver because he's talented, um, but haven't seen that play out since 2015. But, you know, whatever. Um, I'm going on a tangent here. But all right. So, Luke, jump in here on the Cardinals. You picked them here as well. Um, do you think they're their best team? You know, what do you think on on, on the, the whole debate of on the Rams here? Just go, go off on everything. Yeah, well, you know how much I like to interject that it's really hard to beat the same team twice in a season. Um, and I think that, you know, that definitely applies here, especially when you've got two really good teams. But, you know, we talk about a lot of teams being in one score games throughout the year. The Cardinals are not that team. The Cardinals are actually 8-0 in games uh, that have been decided by 10 or more points. And, you know, that is to say that eight of their 10 wins have been double-digit or more. So they're used to just blowing out teams um you know they've done it for the last two weeks now uh you know before that then they had that that you know strange game against the panthers but um yeah you know i i would love for for los angeles to to be back and to prove that that you know three game skid was a little bit of a fluke i think as, as shellac said they have the talent to do so um but but arizona is just scary i mean they're just firing on all cylinders um you know like you said brad they play incredible defense uh that sets them up you know i think kyler has 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 put up some incredible numbers this year but i think he's been put in a position to do that i think a lot of that you know not to necessarily downplay what he's done but but i think that you know if you don't have that kind of defense i think there's no way that he's nearly as successful so um i'm really excited for this game i think this you know game could be you know 40 to 35 but it also could be 17 13 you know based on how um you know who which which unit comes to play you know from each team so um i, I like arizona because you know i need i you know you have to give them the benefit of the doubt with how they've been playing i don't think los angeles can be afforded that right now yeah, I think that I think that's reasonable. I, I'm very high on the Cardinals here. That they're my super cover, so I'm taking them by eight and a half here against the against the Rams. Um, not liking what I'm seeing from the Rams at all recently. And let's just get into the bye weeks. The bye weeks here, because the, all three teams on the, the last bye week of the season, uh, I think, are three teams we talked about a lot kind of last week. Uh, obviously, the Patriots we talked about a little bit in this pod. Um, they're right now they're my front runner in the AFC. Um, I, th- I think that they had a that's a big win for them. They've got some tough win- tough games still down to play. Obviously, they've got the, the the Colts next week, who are both both teams going off the bye week. They've got the Bills again in New England the week after that, and then I think they've gotten the, they've got the Dolphins week uh, eighteen, and and they've got another game uh, in between. So, um, and then obviously Miami, I think uh, has. Uh, Miami obviously is on like a five or six game win streak here. So it'll be interesting to see next week if they can keep that momentum going. And then obviously the Colts, I joked last week, could be the most complete team in the AFC. And then I'm seeing uh, someone, Luke, add in the the Eagles here. I wasn't prepared to really talk about them because I didn't see them on the bye week. I I assume we had talked about them already. But obviously, you know, the Eagles are are in contention for, for the wild card spot. They're in contention still for that division technically. And, you know, they're coming on strong uh, and, and Jalen Hurts is is living up to what I thought he'd be coming out of the draft. All right, let's get into to college football. Let me take a breath here because I'm talking a million miles a second. So obviously last week, um, you know, heartbreak for, for Notre Dame fans everywhere um, when... Um, and, and we're losing Peter here is why I'm stuttering. Um, so obviously last week... <laughs> What's up? He said he didn't pick a college football lock. Oh damn! So he's just out. Well, I'm 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 open one on college football locks for the season now. Uh, I should have just stayed out of it, and I I jinxed I jinxed the Bulldogs there. Um, and I was gonna get to that because obviously Baylor, the Baylor Bears, clutched up for us. Um, the first game of the day last Saturday, and you know I was riding high, Luke. I'm sure you were you were ready to. To purchase a ticket to the Cotton Bowl uh, to relive 2019 or 2018, whatever that was, and I, I was too. I was ready to get hurt again, as in the words of Michael Scott. Um, and and then obviously on Saturday night, uh, you know, my uh, Alabama, you know, what's more consistent than Alabama and beating Georgia? So the lock-in of the final spots were 
Alabama one, Michigan two, Georgia three, and Cincinnati four. Uh, obviously, we don't need to get into the minutia here. I'm curious as to what you thought about those the the one through four in order, Luke. Um, you know, with Alabama being one over Michigan, Georgia being three over over Cincinnati. Yeah, it's interesting because you know clearly Alabama's got the best win, right? I mean, Georgia, that's the best win. Um, I would argue that, you know, Cincinnati probably has the second best win with, you know, beating Notre Dame. Besides, you know, besides A&M, of course, uh, who beat Bama. I think it's it's pretty reasonable. I also think it avoids uh, a an all-SEC semifinal game, which I think, you know, Greg Sankey is overjoyed with, you know, that he could potentially have two, you know, championship teams. Um, but I think it's exciting. I mean, you know, this basically guarantees Alabama spot in the in the you know national championship game. I don't think Cincinnati is is prepared at all. And you know, I hope I'm wrong about that. But but I'm excited about Michigan, Georgia. I think this absolutely you know helps the SEC not only to have two teams in, but have two teams who are you know two of the top. You know, they just can dominate you. Um, you know, like you said, I'll touch a little bit on the heartbreak. You know, when Baylor won, I was like, oh man, like this could be going our way. And Houston played close for, you know, two and a half quarters or so until Cincinnati finally, you know, put them away in the second half. So that was really exciting. I mean, we all knew Iowa, you know, I had said, you know, to, to some of my buddies, I said, Iowa is going to score 10 points or less in this game. And, you know, sure enough with the three, um, and it was a little bit of a bad beat on the over-under, by the way. And now we're, we're really getting to the weeds. The over-under was 43. And uh, that late, late, late touchdown by Michigan to make it 42-3 to to push that over, you know, really, really tough there But uh, for those involved. Um, but not, anyway, not us, though. <laughs> no, of course. Um, but it's, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I, I'm actually... It's strange because I'm I'm actually more excited. And I wish Schlax was here to talk about some of these games, but I'm more excited for the the four other New Year's Six games, I think, than than the playoff games. I mean, we've got Notre Dame, Oklahoma State, which I think is going to be fantastic. That Baylor Ole Miss game is going to be phenomenal. You've got Ohio State, Utah in the in the uh, Rose Bowl, and uh, what's the last one? The uh, uh, it's like 10 versus 12 or something. Michigan, Michigan State, State Pitt. Pitt. Yeah, Michigan State Pitt in the Peach Bowl. I mean, those are awesome games. I mean, those are really phenomenal. So, you know, obviously the eyes are going to be on the playoff, but but the whole top 12 are going to be, you know, it's going to be really exciting. I know Schlack would, if he was here, he'd be plugging Wisconsin in the Vegas Bowl against Arizona State, but uh, that should be an easy win for them. Yeah, I was excited. You know, I'm kind of bummed uh, that the Notre Dame game is in Arizona. Uh, you know, about as far as you can get from from the, the East Coast um, in terms of any of these games. But I think I, I'm always excited for Notre Dame because, I mean, as exciting as it is for Notre Dame to get into the playoff, uh, as they have two times um, in the last four years, uh, both times have been, you know, kind of rough to watch as a Notre Dame fan. Uh, obviously, last year, you know, we covered the spread minus 17 against um against Alabama and, and then two years before that I was we, we got dog walked by uh freshman year Trevor Lawrence uh and I was there in person for that and that, that one felt really bad to watch but it's it's as sleepy as like the camping world bowl game was two years ago uh against Iowa uh state you know it's it's, it's fun be, it's fun to watch Notre Dame play against these power five teams you know top 25 teams because a lot of people just talk about Notre Dame and they play they play no one. Obviously, we have our rivals that we play every year, Stanford, USC, you know, Navy, you know, not 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 elite teams, uh, at least as of recently. It, it's it'll be fun to watch Notre Dame play Oklahoma State and kind of have a chance to prove themselves against, you know, what could have been a conference champion uh, and could have been a playoff team. Right. Like these top 10 caliber teams. It's exciting to, to watch that type of stuff. Um so I, I see you guys have locks. Uh, I'm not I'm not going to pretend like I know who these teams are playing. So, Dan, jump in first. I'm not even going to get I'm not even going to guess the team that SHSU. Actually, I will just for fun. Hold on. It's got to be like some it's something state universities. So it's like maybe it's like San uh, San no Southern. It's either San or Southern. So Sam, so Saint, maybe Saint, uh, 
I don't know what an H would be. So go, go ahead and tell me. That was fun for the uh, viewers. Sam Houston State. We're dipping into the FCS for this one. Uh, only got one FBS game this weekend. So I'm dipping into FCS playoffs. Sam Houston State. Actually, a really, really good matchup um, against Montana State uh, in the FCS playoffs. <laughs> but Sam Houston State undefeated there 11-0. They got a great offense. They, they've been putting up points. I mean, some of these point totals, 49, 42, 59, 45 in the last few games. It's kind of a the great offense of Sam Houston State against a great defense in Montana State. Um, played some really great defense last last week against Tennessee Martin, winning 26-7. But I just don't think Montana State, <laughs> it's crazy analyzing Montana State on here, but I just don't think they've been playing their best ball lately. I mean, week before week before last, going into the playoffs, lost to Montana 29-10. Uh, Rivalry week. Terrible. Rivalry. And then the last two before that, squeaked by Idaho 20-13, squeaked by Eastern Washington 23-20. So I just don't think they're playing their best ball right now. I think Sam Houston State, <laughs> I think Sam Houston State is. Um, and I think that's what you want to do going into the playoffs. You're going to have to put up points against Sam Houston State. Montana State just hasn't proven they can do that. So Sam Houston State, absolutely minus six. They're going to put up way too many points in Montana State's handle. Okay. So, so let me just say <laughs> that I just listened to Jen, Dan Girardi talk for 90 seconds maybe two minutes on why sam houston state university minus six against montana state university and he's like breaking down how montana state isn't the playing their best ball coming into the game i mean he's, he's acting like this is sunday night football i have not seen these two teams on tv the whole year and i would consider myself a pretty decent football fan you know, obviously not a great college fan, but Jesus, this man is breaking down Montana State film, it feel like. Uh, and and I'm just honored to be in the same Zoom call. I mean, it's, yeah. it, this is absolutely legendary shit right now. So, so Luke, top... I was just say the other big factor in this one, FCS playoffs, they're at the higher seed. So this game is in Huntsville, in Texas. You got Montana State coming all the way down from Montana to Texas. This crowd is going to be crazy. It's going to be a very hostile environment for the Bearcats. So uh, I, it's I, going to be hostile. What, what's what's the Sam Houston State University home crowd like? It's there's going to be a lot more of their fans than Montana State fans. I can tell you that. <laughs> so like ten to zero. What, what do you think? Quite possibly. Come on, Bauer Stadium. I mean, this thing hey, is no joke. Hey, all right, twelve thousand seats. Wait, 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 wait. But that's smaller than that's smaller than like most Texas high school stadiums. Yeah, that's fine. It's FCS. That's FCS, baby. <laughs> the high school. They want it full. All right, then they'll have. They want it full. Oh. <laughs> It'll be full. It'll be full. <laughs> twelve thousand can make noise. I, I mean. I was going to make a bad joke. Um, all right, Luke, uh, I'm, I, I know that this is not an acronym here. I think you're picking, unless unless there's some real niche shit going on. But I think this is just Army. Uh, I'm Arkansas hoping... Arkansas Reserve Military <laughs> Youth. <laughs> not even a school, just like the, the military youth. <laughs> Arizona Rocky Mountain University. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to walk away from that one. <laughs> no, it is. It is the uh, the Army West Point Military Academy. It's Army Navy Week, ladies and gentlemen. I mean, come on. This is the uh, this is for. Well, actually, no. This is not the Commissioner's Cup or whatever it's called. The uh, isn't it Commander's Cup? Commander's Cup. Commander's Cup. Because uh, I think that was played with Air Force earlier in the year because Navy stinks. Army's eight and three. They put up points. Uh, this is the team who hung with Wake Forest. They put 56 on Wake Forest and lost the game 70 to 56. Uh, they were within six points of Wisconsin. I actually witnessed Army this year at Camp Randall Stadium, keeping it close into the fourth quarter and having the ball with a chance to win the game in the fourth quarter um, before Wisconsin's defense took over. But, you know, Army's on a big roll lately. They've won four in a row. They've put up 30 plus points in each of those games, including 63 to 10 over Bucknell. They're only seven and a half point favorites against Navy. I know that this is a you know very emotional game, a rivalry game, but the three and eight Navy we've also seen you know play against Notre Dame this year, and uh, they're just not capable of of scoring many points. So you know I like Army minus seven and a half. I'd probably take a minus seventeen and a half this weekend against Navy. Super good. Yeah, I, yeah, 
I, I, I can feel that. I can feel that, you know, uh, at least these this game, um, you know, has two teams that everyone in the in the in the country will recognize, um, you know, Dan, I was surprised you didn't you didn't choose uh, North Dakota State over uh, Eastern Texas State University, uh, I think is the other team. Um, <laughs> So I, I, I thought about it. Twenty four is a little big of a, of a spread for me to say that they're going to cover. Um, yeah, I don't know much about FCS football, but I do know that North Dakota State runs it. Uh, uh, in in uh, so that that's what I know. Um, so I'm surprised. I'm surprised to see actually that your your Sam Houston State pick. They're they're the number one seed here. That that's surprising to me. I feel like um, every time I've seen FCS football played, uh, I see, always see North Dakota State as the one seed. All right, uh, so we've lost. The one listener, my girlfriend, she doesn't she doesn't care about college football, and she probably definitely doesn't care about FCS football. Um, but we'll see. We'll do another social experiment. So uh, I got to come up with like a funny thing to say to see if she'll 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 say she'll say something. Great. Um, I guess this is funny enough. All right. So that'll do it for us here on week fourteen of the Outside Information Podcast. Thank you for Luke from staying away from any inside information this week. Uh, it was kind of offensive that you dropped some last week. Um, you know, this is, that's not what the people come here for. They come here for some some FCS analysis. Um, you know, this might be Spotify's number one FCS football podcast now. Um, after after Dan's three minutes in the in the in the spotlight there, so uh, you know, I'm sure I'm sure Peter will listen to this. Peter, you know, you should really bask in the glory of that that analysis. We should all try to learn something. And, and that'll do it for us here. We ran kind of long uh, on that NCAA football uh, portion. Uh, I think that was like our longest NCAA portion. And there's no FBS football except for <laughs> Army Navy. So thanks for listening and have a good night.